Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Big sports weekend coming up, folks, and we will talk about that for certain. Got a little PGA uh, Golf Championship, the final major of the year coming up. A little baseball round them up and wrap them up, and apparently some NFL teams actually played some exhibition games yesterday. Caught me flat by surprise. I got the Bears and the Buffalo Bills and the... Uh, Eh, I don't know if it's the primary window for the weekend, but I might take a sneak peek. Exhibition game number one, always a semi-interesting event. That and more. We're going to jump off the sports page. I went to the Wisconsin State Fair yesterday. I have much to report on that. David Olson, our producer, the big dog, now with us yet, David? Hoping to get the big dog on the line. Phone lines are open for you. We'll throw out the phone number in just a second right now. Enjoy the music of the TalkZone.com. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much for joining us. Our uh, phone number, if you want to check in, Big Dog not in right now. Hopefully, uh, he will check in via the telecommunicative phone lines. Until then, the co-host seat is wide open. Strap yourself in. Remember, I didn't kill the music now. Remember, the uh, seat cushion can be used as a flotation device. Our phone number here, if you want to uh, check in, be the temporary co-pilot and what the hell? You do a good enough job, we might bring you in full-time. I'm looking to move elsewhere anyways. 888 Just kidding. Just kidding. 888 The phone number. I would worry about a comment like that, but the man who makes the uh, decisions here, the general manager, the uh, lovingly called commander-in-chief Chris Whitting, I don't think I've seen him like in four months. I'm not sure if he like quit. Moved to another location. I think he's like working from home. He's in a uh, illegal relationship. Might have got locked up. I have no idea. All I know is I haven't seen him in four four months. So I don't think he's listening to the program. Uh, so nothing to worry about. I know my producer David Olson's reporting nothing but good news. I don't know. Dave's got that look though. Maybe I should start to. Maybe Chris Whitting is gone and David Olson's in charge now. Got that look. This might be my final show. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's been a great. Uh, Great year and three quarters. Yes, David. God help us all if that's the case, if I'm in charge. So. <laughs> Not a position you aspire to, huh? Very comfortable. There is the Peter principle where you can get promoted to the point not only of incompetence, but the point of where the job becomes a pain in the ass. That would be like it's a slightly different version of the Peter principle. Maybe it'll be the, the coach and Olson principle. Yeah. All right, 888-463-6748, the phone number, Cubs win, Cubs win, Cubs win. Nobody's excited except me, 9 out of 11. Everybody's taking the Cubs' recent win streak, uh, you know, like almost like a negative. Oh, yeah, sure, they're winning now, when it doesn't count. That means they're going to keep the veterans around, and there is a point to that. But still, has sports gotten to the point where we can't enjoy a team even though they're out of it? Winning some games. Carlos Marmol pumping his fists as the Cubs barely get by with a big victory. Little warning track catch. Uh, Rick Ankiel knocking the ball almost out of the park. Would have been a blown save. Couple of feet made the difference. White Sox. People uh, starting. 
just a little bit to starting to get excited here in Chicago about the White Sox. Uh, still a game under 500, but they have won six of their last seven, six and one on the road trip. They head back home for a nine game homestand, which ordinarily would be a good thing, but, uh, and I got it written down here, I have production for the show, David Olson, let it be known. Just in case you are, in fact, in charge that I did a little homework for the show here, their home record at Comiscuit, at the cell. So I spit out part of my apple seed. I apologize to the next person using the microphone. 24 and 32 at home. So anybody all overly excited about the White Sox uh, coming back home? Only, I think, uh, what, three, four games out of first? They cut that lead like two and a half, three games during the road trip. 24 and 32 at home. That is not good. Now you got other people that are, you know, excited here in Chicago. Well, you know, we're playing the Kansas City Royals. You know, not a good team. Chance to plug on some more wins. Maybe close the gap a little bit. Who knows? Maybe September could be exciting for the White Sox fan. I do not have the record of the White Sox against the KC Royals the past two years, but I can tell you definitively it ain't good. So anybody excited about playing Kansas City for the White Sox? That's been their nemesis. That's been their nemesis. Hopefully they can break that streak. Mark Burley. Man, we talk about, you know, it's, I always have appreciation of guys who do phenomenal things on a particular day. You know, a no hitter, a four for four day, uh, you know, great, great moments in sports, whatever sport it might be. But, and I've said this before on the show, I, my ultimate appreciation in sports is for guys that do things really, really well over a long, extended period of time, a consistent, Level of success. Obviously, the greatest example of that is the Joe DiMaggio 56-game hitting streak. By the way, Dan Ugly, I don't think the Brewers played yesterday. Because I know I was off yesterday. I think Ugly's streak went to 31. I think the Brewers were off yesterday. So unless one of our listeners cares to differentiate with that, I think Milwaukee plays tonight. And Dan Ugly's got a 31-game winning streak. But getting back to the point, the consistent level of success over a long period of time, and obviously Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hitting streak, which still stands, is probably the greatest example of that. But Mark Burley, for the White Sox, pitching, uh, I think you could call it a gem yesterday, gave up a couple of runs, six strikeouts, zero walks, vintage Mark Burley, 18 consecutive starts, folks. 18 consecutive starts, and he's given up three runs or less. That's pretty impressive. Has not blown up once. In 18 consecutive games, Mark Burley getting it done for the beloved White Sox. And again, they are uh, back at home. Sergio Santos pitched a a perfect ninth inning. Yankees knocked off Anaheim yesterday, a nine, or six to five, rather. Got a grand slam home run from Robinson Cano and a two run homer from Curtis Granderson. You got to love Curtis Granderson, too. Here's a kid who, what, two days ago gets picked off at first base? I mean, he's having an MVP year. Having a great season, probably his lowest moment of the year. Two outs, ninth inning, Mark Teixeira. God bless you. Mark Teixeira up to bat, and Granderson gets picked off in the old first and third pickoff play. He's on first base. That's about as bad as you can get for a Major League Baseball player. And again, Curtis Granderson having an MVP season. What does he do? He comes back uh, two days ago and hits two home runs. Yesterday he hits another home run. That's a pretty good answer for making a um, game-ending Mistake that blows the game. Curtis Granderson definitely, definitively an MVP candidate. St. Louis knocked off Milwaukee yesterday and stopped the Brewers' five-game winning streak. And the Detroit Tigers finally won in Cleveland. Salvaged one game out of that big series. The Indians, uh, I think, take a two out of three over Detroit, but they had won 13. 
15 in a row at home over the Detroit Tigers. Not yesterday. The Tigers win it 4-3. to three. So we got that to talk about. Tiger blow up on the golf course. Uh, we got a little Little League World Series action. We got NFL exhibition games plenty to talk about here on the two guys at a mic show. And uh, again, waiting for the big dog to check in. 888-463-6748. Real quick before we take our first break though. Missed the show yesterday to go to the Wisconsin State Fair. Third or fourth visit up there. Now, David, I am getting in my older age, definitely, what's the word? Um, it's it's a much more negative euphemism for unique. Uh, when you get old and you start do, doing kind of strange and weird things. Eccentric? Yeah, that's it. Thank you very much. Eccentric. I'm getting more and more eccentric, so... Nobody, I couldn't find anybody to go with me, wanted to go this year, and every time I go with the kids, you know, they don't want to live. There's actually great music up there, good bands. It's my Lollapalooza, and I can never, you know, I listen to two songs, and the kids want to move on to the next thing, the petting farm, the you know, the amusement park or whatever. So I decided to throw caution to the wind, put the capital E in my eccentricity, drove up by myself. 55-year-old strange dude getting out of his car, parking in the parking lot, and uh, walking across the street and experience the Wisconsin State Fair by myself. And I didn't, this time I didn't do the, uh, the zoo and the animals and stuff, which is pretty cool. They got a huge amusement park there. I stayed as far away from that as I could. All the extra stuff I did not do. It was my Lollapalooza. I just went from beer tent to beer tent and wow, there is a lot. I don't think I've ever been, I think I can safely say I don't think I've been to an event where there is as much beer consumed. Not that there was a ton of drunk people, but, I mean, there is Miller Lite and Budweiser and beer tents literally about every two booths. And the people are drinking. And, again, I didn't see a lot of drunk people, just people drinking, having a good time. But there is a significant amount of uh, not hard liquor, just beer consumed at the Wisconsin State Fair. But good tunes, good tunes. On your list to keep in mind, David Olson, I wrote them down here, some groups. Some up-and-coming groups you want to keep an eye out for. John Stone and the Wanted Man. Got to love the name. Outstanding. Playing in the Budweiser tent. Six-pack. Bunch of older guys. I wouldn't call them up-and-coming, but six-pack. Very, very good group. They entertained. The, they were on the stage for five hours. Took a couple of breaks. But a five-hour set from the uh, guys at six-pack. Rebel Scare. Keep in mind that one. Up and coming. I think they said they've been together for only 10 months. They're starting to do a little fall tour. Rebel Scare, outstanding man. Nailing, among other things, Lady Antebellum's big hit, uh, I Need You Now. But Rebel Scare, very, very good. Then they had Eric Elberts, the uh, famous Neil Diamond impersonator, and uh, John Lombardo, who was a pretty weak but nevertheless semi-effective Elvis impersonator. So thoroughly enjoyed the music at the Wisconsin State Fair, and I'm telling you, some of those groups, Rebel Scare, keep an eye on it. Very, very good group. little mixture of country, little mixture of rock. But you know how you, you when you walk, see an athlete and you can tell sometimes they got it or a team? This group, they got they got whatever it is, they got it. They're going to branch out from Milwaukee. This is a group to keep an eye on for. You heard it here first. And then, of course, the highlight of the trip, the Cream Puff Factor. If you are a Cream Puff folk fans, they do not come any better, any bigger. Any tastier, any fresher than the Cream Puff Factory at the Wisconsin State Fair. I brought three six-packs home. And I'm walking out to the parking lot. There must have been like ten people that commented to me as I'm walking out. Hey, what are those for me? 
Hey, did you leave any for us? <laughs> but I brought them home. I'm a popular guy in the neighborhood, Big Dog. I'm going to be like Santa Claus today, delivering cream puffs. It sounds like we got him on the line. I'm talking. We uh, kind of reviewed the baseball real quick, Big Dog, and went over my visit to the Wisconsin State Fair yesterday. Let's welcome in my co-partner, the uh, semi-effective Joel Radwanski, better known to his female fans, and I think I know why, as the Big Dog. Big Dog, how are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty well, Coach. Uh, I completely did not realize what time it was, I'm actually down on the, the Hilton on Michigan Avenue, and uh, just getting it done again, Coach. And if I would have known that you were going up to a cream puff factory, yep. I, I would have definitely given you some money to buy me some cream puffs. Oh. And you're at the Wisconsin State Fair. Did you go over to the, the flash mob uh, issues with the children? <laughs> what, are they got a booth for that now or an exhibit? No, there's a, they're, they're having issues at the Wisconsin well, State Fair. A bunch of kids. I mean, yes. it, it was it was big time up in Wisconsin. I State understand Fair that. Let me let me let me let me clarify a little bit. Day one, they had not a minor problem, not not issues. It was a significant event, but it was day one, and then it was over. Security moved in. I had a friend that was going to go with me, and uh, and I thought he was kidding when he sent me an email with the story and said not going to the fair. Like, I come on. You know, they'll have it cleared up in four days. So it was a one-day event, but it was uh, it was ugly, Big Dog. A large, large throng of uh, African-American youngsters who made no, didn't hide the fact that they were there for one thing only. That was basically to beat on white people. Yes. Yes, so I, I just want to know that Flash Live has totally changed. It used to be a bunch of nerds that would, you know, like start dancing in the, in mm-hmm. the middle of the train station. Now it's uh well. Basically, I, let's try to get like five bucks off of some poor dude walking down the street. I hate to tell you, I don't think it's the end of it. Now, get into a little philosophical discussion. I, I sadly, and I, I, you know, I live out in the suburbs, and I've been thinking to myself. I haven't told many people, but I, in my thought processes for years, I've been waiting for, you know, kids from the city coming up and causing trouble in the suburbs. And the philosophy, or not the philosophy, but without getting too deep, Big Dog, anytime you've got that much separation, and it's greater in the country now than it's ever been, between the haves and the have-nots, you know, you're going to get anger. You're seeing it in London now. We've seen it in other countries. We're seeing it in this country. I hate to tell you, this is not the end. It might just be the beginning. Anybody listening in Chicago's pristine suburbs, sorry to spoil your weekend. No, Coach, I couldn't agree more with you so often, we totally disagree on stuff. Uh, legitimately, this is a major, major issue going on in the United States right now. And, and in the city of Chicago, you know, I couldn't agree more because you have, you go from one block, you're on a, you're on a, a house that is two and a half million dollars. And you go to the next block, yep. and legitimately, it's like, is that guy going to rob me? Mm-hmm. Is that safe here? And then next, you know, you're back in two and a half million dollar condos again. What did Martin Luther King always say? What happens in our society to the weakest and the poorest of us happens to us all. If we took that philosophy a little bit, and by the way, I am not. I want to make sure I'm not excusing that kind of behavior. Anytime you, you get violence or, you know, see when things break a window, inexcusable behavior. But, you know, again, when you see that much separation, big dog, human, uh, you know, natural human instincts sometimes will take over. Again, not to be excused, but I think it's going to happen. Well, I, well, who knows what's going on right now with this whole flash mob thing? And this is, I mean, it is it, scary, Coach. If you, I mean, can you imagine just walking down the street next to you, you got yep. 20 kids beating up on you. Not good. Oh, no, no. 
And, you know, it's, it's a little strange. It's like ever since this has been happening, you know, there's all different types of things going on. There's, there's stories of people like, oh, there's a guy with a real expensive bike moving southbound on Lakeshore Drive. And so, and so people are like, oh, there's a guy with an expensive bike coming. And they make sure nobody's looking. Take mm-hmm. a bat. Take your knee out as you're riding your bike coming down. Next, you know, you're laying on the ground, and they grab your bike, and they take yep. it. So, I mean, I ride an extremely expensive bike. So if you see me down the street, I could be the next victim of a, mm-hmm. of a flash mob attack. Okay? Yep. Be careful with your iPod, too. That's that's the easiest target right now. That's oh, 350 that's You know, they, they steal it, and about 10 minutes later, they got 300 bucks in their pocket. Yeah, well, all I have is a phone. So hopefully people know that this is a Verizon phone, and if you steal it, you're SOL. So just anybody out there that's going to flash mob me over with my phone, mm-hmm. as soon as you steal this, there'll be nothing you can do with it. So don't even bother. And I'll be able to find you because I'll see that you tried to actually activate the phone. Producer extraordinaire, David Olson. Oh, this no, this is just an aside. I got an iPad, I and love it's like the greatest thing ever. So That's the weirdest thing? It's the, great, it's the oh, greatest, greatest thing ever. A new one? New one, yeah. 4G? Yeah. Which kind? I, I've got the actual iPad. Okay. Which is just which is just a giant iPhone basically, but mm-hmm. yeah. But what do you like? Like if you're taking the train downtown or you're driving, no, I wouldn't take it on the train downtown. So you, but you, but, you, so you have to carry that around like a little mini uh, computer, like a like, mini yeah. laptop. So it's about like eight and a half by eleven. It's smaller than that. Okay. It's smaller than that. It's about yeah. But you still can't put it in your wallet. It's like this. So why? But you have to carry it. You have to hold it, right? Well, yeah, but you use it around the house. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to okay. be carrying it down the uh, street in Chicago. Okay, there That's it is, big sure, dog. But... The 4G iPad notebook, highly recommended from uh, David Olson. Oh no, those things are unbelievable. I, like, I, I really don't know. I was, in 2003. I used to make fun of everybody who even sent text messages. Now I don't know what I would do without my phone. I, I mean. These things can do so much nowadays. I, I'm way too dependent on it. Like, if these solar flares finally reach the Earth and actually uh, mess up our whole uh, system of like uh, of technology, so people are going to lose their minds, and I'm going to be one of them for about 20 minutes, and I'll realize, hey, it's not that big of a deal. Combine, I'll be able to get it back one day. Combining our last two thoughts, is it possible, Big Dog, and maybe if, uh, if it hasn't been done, you could make some money off this, is it possible there's an app for flash mobs on the iPad so you know exactly where the flash mobs are coming and going? You know, flash mobs, Coach, I hate to tell you this, they're usually by, via Twitter. So if you don't have the people that are right about to attack you as one of your friends on Twitter, you might not realize that you're about to get jumped by 25 youngsters. <laughs> but couldn't someone develop an app or an ongoing thing, who that you know, and that app is monitoring? The Twitters and the Facebooks, so they can tell you where the latest and greatest flash mob might be forming. Well, technically, you know, you possibly could, <laughs> Coach, because, like, I, I guess if you were, like, in an area and then, like, in this certain area, you'd be like, oh, there's a lot of Twitter action and there's a lot of key phrases going on yep. right in the area that you're but There you that go. Actually, See? But as the, everybody would have to put in their location on there. Mm-hmm. But technically, if you're doing these flash mob attacks on people, you would have to put your uh, location center on on your Twitter or or on your phone, basically. So, mm-hmm. Coach, what you just said isn't all that crazy. It's not like it isn't. It's not a total impossibility. You could get an app like that, and all of a sudden you can get alerts. Hey, by the way, there's been 
500 tweets in the last five minutes yep. about people getting together at the Wisconsin State Fair, so mm-hmm. you might want to beware if uh, you're fitting you the description that they're talking about. There you go. We'll see if the 4G network can handle that. If not, we'll come up with another multi-million dollar idea, Big Dog, that we never go through with. Yes, David. Well, no, no, no. He, he he's exactly right. He's exactly right. Law enforcement's got to catch up with the technology. Yep. And they need to monitor stuff like oh, that. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, that, that's... It's, and it'd be it's, it'd be very very simple to go through and you, you just search for phrases. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, it's it's very it's very easy to do. So. Or they could even uh, law enforcement people could probably find some moles. People that are involved in that a little bit, pay them a little bit of money, and then they can be their little notification system. Not sure, bad, not sure. And, an- and another thing that they can do, thanks to the Patriot Act, is in situations like that, they can intercept the Wi-Fi communications. But you need to have somebody, you need to have someone or something set up to mm-hmm. filter the data. There you go. David Olson, media relations uh, extraordinaire, the two guys at a mic show. At any rate, Big Dog, just to finish up the Wisconsin State Fair thought, uh, no, there was no riots, but I will tell you it was 99.5% white. And it, it was, a, a, I don't know how to gently put this, but not a, not a lot of good-looking white people at this particular event. Um, it's Wisconsin, Coach. Apparently. There, there's there's a reason why we make fun of Packer fans here in the world. I hate to generalize, but there was a lot of really not good-looking white people running around. I mean, there was not a Latino to be found. Very, 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 very few African Americans. No, it was no Asian. It was uh, white people, and it was really a not good-looking group. And you know how the theory of drinking beer makes people look look better? Uh-huh. Didn't work for me. Hey, coach, that ain't that ain't my style, Coach. You know, I gotta have I gotta have some Asians, <laughs> Asians, Latinos, and African Americans around. Yes, uh, just so I can do a little dancing. Because you yeah. know, when I dance around just white people, everybody gets so jealous. They're like, "How can you move like that?" <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, quite honestly, and, and when I'm out like at a at a fair drinking, I like to do a little two step every once in a while, Coach. So that definitely wasn't my style then. You would you would have fit right in. Just remember the Wisconsin. Uh, state fair, really the state of Wisconsin motto, you can't drink all day, big dog, if you don't start in the morning. That's not a bad, that's not a bad state fair. <laughs> I saw so. that on, not a, not a t-shirt, but I saw that on a plaque at one of the bar stands. You, you can't drink all day if you don't get started in the morning. I, I tell you, some of the, the, the greatest quotes I've ever seen in my life have been written on the, uh, like behind the bar. Yes. Yeah, I try to write them down. I keep a collection. That's, that's actually one of my hobbies. I keep a little, uh, Quote collection someday I might bind it and post it and um, you know make it available for publication. At any rate, it was a. I apologize for being off yesterday. We ran a replay show. It was well worth it. Keep an eye on a couple of groups, Big Dog, Rebel Scare, and a group that you would love, John Stone and the Wanted Man. I, I just listening to their music, you you would have enjoyed them. Okay, take my word. Uh, I'll have to check them out. I, I have to admit, I have not been up on music like I used to be. And I do feel old. You know, I met my buddies from Nike Town, and like these, uh, these guys were like, oh, yeah, we're going to Kid Cudi. I'm like, who? And everybody looked at me like, are you serious, Red Watson? <laughs> the guy that used to travel yeah. around the country to follow music? Yep. You know, and, and then here they don't, you don't even know who Kid Cudi is? Uh, it was like I ripped the heart yeah. out of these people. I remember in our early sick. days of the morning break radio show when we did it together, you, uh, you, you were going around to Pearl Jam concerts, selling, 
beer at various Grateful Dead concerts. You were up on your rock music, Big Dog, but now that you're working and you have a uh, steady female friend of the a steady friend of the female variety, you've uh, slipped on your rock concert rock music knowledge. I really have, Coach. I, I have no more Wilco, no more Pearl Jam every single weekend. It's, mm-hmm. I, I, I miss it, Coach. I really miss it. So. I'll, I'll, send, was, I'll send you my CD of Lady Antebellum to keep you happy over the weekend. By the way, I don't, I don't know if you know this. Uh, uh, you know, like the, the Wisconsin State Fair is pretty big, but like Summerfest, which is another huge fest. In, in, just to let you know, that is like one of the – they get top-line ass. Yes. I mean, they – like when they when Pearl Jam played there, it was 1995, and Pearl Jam was the biggest band in the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, it's I don't know what it is, but Summerfest like, is huge in Wisconsin. The, the well, best way to describe it is they don't they don't advertise it anywhere. It's so big, it's so good. They don't need if you live in the Chicago area and don't have people telling you like the two guys at a mic show here to check out Summerfest. Phenomenal! It's beer, it's music, it's a lot of ugly white people and a lot of really really good music. Yeah, yeah, and like with ten dollars at the face of Chicago buys you like a bike on something. Yes. ten dollars up at the summer at Summerfest yep. will we'll get you two beers and a hot dog. Yep. You know, so or two beers and Gator Nuggets. Oh, Gator Nuggets <laughs> are good until I find out what they really were. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it started it starting when I was in college for about fifteen years. I went up to Summerfest every yeah. single year. We'd go up for three or four days, but it um, it's grown. Too big for the area where they have it there. I mean, it's just it, I had to stop going because it was just too it was too crowded. And then with yeah, the big name with the big name with the big name acts, they started charging for them again. It's it's like it, before it wasn't because you've got uh, at the far end of the fairgrounds, you've got like an actual concert arena that would be like. Um, First Bank Amphitheater or Alpine Valley, a setup like that on the far end of the fairgrounds. And before, you could walk in and go to the top half of the lawn for the price of admission to Summerfest. Now you can't do that. You have to buy an additional ticket to get in to see those headliners. Like, mm-hmm. the, you know, that's where the real big people play. Interesting. I don't know about you, Big Dog. When I go to events like that, I, I almost avoid the headliner. I don't need the headliner. Like even at Wisconsin State Fair, they have the big stadium where every night they got a not quite the level of Summerfest, but they have a quote unquote headliner. I like going around to the other um, venues and checking out some of the alternative bands. Well, that's some of the best music is, is yep. are, are on those stages. You know, that's not always like the mainstream band that everybody uh, knows about and talks mm-hmm. about. So I, I'm with you on that, Coach. By the way, if you're into Neil Diamond impersonators, might I suggest Eric Elberts appearing live almost daily at the Wisconsin State Fair. Coach, I am not kidding you. This is this is the truth. As I'm following uh, <laughs> uh, Pearl Jam in 1995, yeah. we're like, oh, we're going to go to Summerfest. What is Summerfest? What's Summerfest? What's something to look? It's unbelievable. Okay, let's go. I go up there, and that same guy that you're talking about. Okay, really? While while Pearl Jam is playing, all of a sudden they start rocking out uh, Pearl Jam style forever in blue jeans, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, they are rocking. They ain't messing around. Okay. Next thing I know, that guy, the Pearl, the Neil, the Neil Diamond impersonator, walks out there. <laughs> Money talks. And, he's, and then yes. him and him and Eddie are rocking out the forever in blue jeans. <laughs> Which Eddie Burl, Eddie, <laughs> let everybody know that, awesome. that was the original grunge song, Forever in Blue Team. Really? So if he, uh, they they dedicated it to Neil Young. It was like a it was like a joke, wow. but I'm not kidding you, Coach. 
that I will never forget that day. Nobody can even say Neil Diamond to me, and I think about Summerfest 1995 hey. and the, the, the impersonator singing with Pearl Jam. <laughs> Probably the same guy that he fire up a little Kentucky woman for you, maybe a crackling rose? No, they just they just did Forever in Blue Jeans, and then, okay. then, then, then they got right. booed off the stage and they kicked him off when they tried <laughs> to do Sweet Caroline, so it was all good. <laughs> Oh, goodness. All right. Big dog at the coast. Let's talk some sports. Big dog, big weekend coming up. And, uh, I did not realize it, but apparently there was NFL exhibition football yesterday. It kind of caught me by surprise. I was thinking like Saturday was the opening of it, but, uh, we're off and running. Uh, I guess your interest level in watching the Bears opening exhibition game against the Bills. I am semi disinterested, but maybe you could convince me otherwise. Uh, coach, you know, it's a glorified practice, but. This year, more than any other year, I'm more excited to watch uh, the the football. Just I want to see what's going on. You know, I, mean, I really want to see how important it was that they missed all these OTAs and all this other stuff as as professional football players. Uh, quite honestly, high school players have to figure out how to get up to the line of scrimmage and, and leave at the time that the quarterback tells you to, and all that other stuff. So I, I just crack up that all of a sudden people are worried about professional football players not being able to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, there were some games played yesterday. I think the New England Patriots beat the Jaguars. The Chargers played. Uh, were you aware there was exhibition football? Did you catch any of the highlights, anything indicative from yesterday's games? Uh, cloudy. I was not at home last night. I was actually uh, I was uh, out on the river, and then I was up, and I had a really good day financially yesterday. So I didn't get to watch it. But just to let you know, Cloudy bought steaks. All kinds of other stuff was grilling out and had people over for the first day of preseason football at the house that I was not there at. That's, I must have received 25 texts yesterday from different people. That's a significant awesome. football fan. Throws a party for the opening of the exhibition season just to celebrate the first football game. Uh, and I know Claudia, he didn't even watch a play. He was just serving people food. You know, and actually he'd sit down, do his thing, get back up. And, so he's having a party for the first day of football. He probably watched 10 plays the whole entire night. Cinemax Cindy, uh, Cinemax Cindy emailing in saying uh, that apparently Ryan Mallett, remember him last quarterbacking your Arkansas Razorback, Ryan Mallett, uh, quarterbacking for the New England Patriots. Four touchdowns yeah. and his first four drives. Big dog. I don't want to say Tom Brady's got competition, but Ryan Mallett, not bad for exhibition game, four for four. Ryan Mallett obviously does not have any competition uh, <clears throat> for the starting position as the New England Patriots, but just the highlights. I was up last night and watched as much as I possibly could. Obviously, it's really easy to say the guy looked good when he was completing passes, but he looked like a professional quarterback. Yep. The way he dropped back, his release, he, Ryan Mallett, finally, you know, he kind of looks goofy at Arkansas. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm not saying he looked bad, wasn't a good football player, but he, like his style and that, like that run and spread offense didn't look right. Yesterday with the New England Patriots, he looked like he was at the level that he belongs at. Somebody, the, the Patriots got a steal, Coach. That guy, I think, should have went before Blaine, Blaine Gabbard. How about that? The guy that they played against last night with the, with the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. By the way, on a, a semi-related note, uh, Arkansas Razorback football, I don't know if you saw this note or not, Southeast Conference leading returning rusher, Niall Davis, if you're keeping score at home, that's Niall with a silent K, K-N-I-L-E. Yeah. Uh, went down in practice yesterday, big dog. They don't have the full medical report yet, but apparently it went down, it looked bad, and there's a decent chance that uh, the top rusher returning in the SEC for Arkansas. 
going to be out for the season. Oh, that's too bad because Arkansas has a legitimate shot at winning the SEC yep. if, if that guy is healthy. Yep. And you can say, oh, they lost Mallet. Their backup quarterback, when he came in last year, was better than Ryan Mallet was. And I can't think of the kid's name. Uh, I'll remember. But I'm not kidding you, Coach. He's another kid. He's going to go in the first round when he gets drafted this year. The mm-hmm. kid can flat out play. And when he got hurt last year, Arkansas, when, when Ryan Mallet got hurt, Arkansas actually was better with him under center. And I don't remember the kid's name, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Folks, if you are new to the show, even if you're returning to the show, uh, as the football season nears, Joel Radwanski, the big dog, i got to pump you up, and I'm not just blowing smoke here. But, folks, you will get football passion, football knowledge, football breakdown like you will get on no other show around. I know we're only on five days a week, one hour, five days, uh, five one hour a day, five in total. We don't get the exposure, but uh, Big Dog, I'll put you up against, seriously, up against any of the top football experts out there. You should be on a bigger stage, but uh, the fans that listen to the show get the treat of hearing your passion, more than just your passion, but your legitimate breakdown of the game. Uh, don't worry, Coach. I will eventually get my stage. If I have to build it myself, I will I'll get be, that stage. Don't I, worry about I it. I will be pulling the chair out for you once you get, I mean, not literally pulling out so you fall, but, you know like a good waiter, pulling it out and then pushing it in. And I, I will be uh, I'll be right behind you, Big Doug. That's a very scary thought, I'm sure. Uh, I, you know, talk about being right behind. When those waiters do that for me, they try to actually push the chair after I sit down in it. They realize <laughs> they've made a mistake, and now they look bad. Because okay. they push out, I'm like, yeah, hey, I didn't move, buddy. Yeah. All right, now. What are they going to do now? Just, they have to act like that. They really have to push me in. Then, <laughs> and on carpet, there's no way one of those little – you're talking about a 145-pound guy pouring your water can really push in the chair when I'm sitting in it. That's a quality visual. Yeah. No, it's not going to happen, Coach. Uh, that's Sorry, a good Pepe. That's a quality visual. All right, let me get back to our uh, – we got a lot of Chicago fans to listen to the show. Opening exhibition game, you know, I'm thinking about right now – Again, I've you know, along with my eccentricity, which we opened up the show with, I've become like an organizational maniac and got my weekend plan. Right now, Big Dog, Saturday night, the very first showing on TV of The Kids Are All Right with uh, Juliana Moore and an overly attractive Mark Ruffalo. First time on HBO. I didn't get to see it in the theater. Right now, I'm planning on watching that. Why should I w- take a peek at the Bears instead? And do you think Mark Ruffalo was overly attractive? I don't know who that is. All right, then move on to the Bears. Yes, I would say the Bears. Are, <laughs> no, the kids are all right. What's that, a remake of a Who movie? That no, awesome. no, 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 no. I, I've, I've actually seen this. It's actually supposedly, supposedly a good movie. Yeah. Fair? Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, Annette Benning. It's, it's, yeah, it's Annette Benning and Julianne Moore. They're a lesbian couple right. that has two children, yep. and their children uh, go out and seek the sperm donor that was their dad. Ah, and that's Mark Ruffalo, who kind of weasels his way into their family structure. Interesting. So interesting. All right. Well, it doesn't sound that great, Big Dog. Maybe I should watch the Bears. I would watch the Bears, coach. Probably <laughs> you, yeah. Now, Annette Benning, though, big fan. Yes, big fan. I will put her up with that that one girl on uh, NBC for for women that are at least ten years older than me that I'm oddly attracted to. <laughs> Ann Coulter, no, what's her name? I don't know, what's her name? Ann Curry? Ann Curry, yeah. Oh, yes. Ann Coulter, I do not like it. If I ever want to have sex with a ghost, I will start liking <laughs> Ann Coulter. <laughs> oh, goodness. We'll send tapes. I'm sure she'll be thrilled to hear that. Uh, she listens to the show, Coach. <laughs> I'll bet she does. 
Uh, all right, you threw me a loop for that one. But uh, getting off of Ann Coulter, which I don't think you wanted to get on in the first place. No, I did not. Thank you very much. Uh, first look, Big Dog. First chance for you to get a look at some of the Bear rookies, uh, Stephen Pia, uh, Chris Conte, some of these guys we've been hearing about. And first look at some of the new veterans, uh, you know, Roy Williams, uh, Who's the new de- wait, what, Vernon Golston, our defensive end? Who's the new defensive tackle? Akoye? Oh, Akoye. Akoye. Heck yep. yeah, coach. That's the, that's the guy. Yep. That, uh, he's a three technique tackle. Yep. He has found his contacts. He's a replacement for Tommy Harris. Uh, the Bears have upgraded their defensive line yeah. in the offseason. The only problem is if when, when you if people are like a, kind of a football fan and they watch the Bears on Sunday and they they know of names, you you hear Vernon Golston and you're like, oh, a first round draft pick. There's a reason why the Jets let him go. I, he definitely had more seasons than sacks so far in his career, people. Mm-hmm. If you know what I'm getting at, he has not been good. Yep. So the Bears are taking a total flyer on this Vernon Golston. Uh, he's one of those guys that look awesome in practice and all of a sudden in game. He's he's a magnet for blocks, which yep. basically means he gets blocked constantly. Well, maybe maybe, maybe this is a good thing because my reports I'm getting from Bourbon A from our people is Vernon uh-huh. Golston has not looked good in practice. So maybe that will translate to being better in the game. Either that or the guy's a complete bust. Yeah, I don't even think he makes the team. I would be shocked if he mm-hmm. makes the team. I just can't imagine him making the team, Coach. Obviously, Peppers and Adonisha are safe. You know what I mean? I, so, I'm hearing great things about our defensive line. It could become the strength of the team, and I'm starting to believe him. You already mentioned two of the guys. Well, you got, you know, Julius Peppers, obviously, Israeli Adonijay. Uh, in the middle, Anthony Adams, much improved. They're raving about Henry Melton. The rookie PA is about 300 pound fire plug who's got pretty good quickness. It's going to help a little bit. Then you got Okoye, and then, uh, the second year guy, Corey Wooten. Rushing from the outside has improved. Defensive line, big dog, could be fun to watch for the Bears this year. Yeah, that's a Vernon Golson. You named all those guys. Melton and Wooten backing up Peppers and Adonijay. There's no way. I, I do not. Golson's well, not making the team coach. I think they're playing Melton inside. Well, in password situations, I understand that. Play him at the tackle. But technically, he truly is a defensive end on first and second. Now, now third and eight, you got to get the kid out of the field because he can pass rush. You're not taking Peppers off. You're not taking... And like uh, you're not taking a Donage out, and Corey Wooten cannot pass rush from the defensive tackle spot. So like in their nickel, when they you know it's third and eight or more, Henry Melton will be uh, uh, you know in the three technique, coach. Mm-hmm. Well, if he's in the three tech, if he has the three technique down, that's that's about three techniques ahead of some of our previous defensive tackles, if you know what I mean. Uh, our, our previous defensive tackles basically they were run stuffers, coach. That was basically all they were. And Tommy Harris, our last three technique guy. I don't know what his role was in the defense besides to get blocked, fall down on the ground, and then get on all fours and try to create a pile somewhere. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, he's taking you know, up taking up space, taking up space. It's like an, in uh, you know, it's like a pitcher in baseball who uh, you know he can eat he can eat some innings. Well, you know, I can get anybody out there to eat innings up if he's going to be lousy while he's eating innings. Who cares? Or in basketball, you know, well, he does some good things out there. He sets screens, and, you know, anybody can set screens. Get some rebounds and score some points. Same <laughs> thing with your, with your defensive tackle. Put you out there, big dog, and you could you could take up space. Well, the, the thing is, is if you get blocked by two people, then you're doing your job. Yes. Okay, that, that's the thing. is, If you're just taking up space and one person's blocking you, you truly are just taking up space. But if you can be stout and two people are blocking you and you don't move, then taking the space is a really good thing. 
Joe Orwanski, the big dog, bringing you some football breakdown, folks. Phone lines are open. You want to check in. NFL exhibition openers, college football. The teams are up practicing. Now you're reading more and more articles, starting to get fired up about a little college football. Phone lines open, folks. You want to check in. Love to hear from you. 888-463-6740. 888-463-6748. The little fact that got me the most excited for football reading this morning's paper, big dog. 29 days until Michigan, the Wolverine, take uh-huh. on Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, under the lights. That's what got my juices flowing this morning. Uh, that'll that be the really, cream puff from the Wisconsin State Fair. I know, that that game's going to be uh, awfully good this year. Yes. I, I do think that both teams are, are going to take a major step uh, this particular season. So we're going to find out how that all that works out. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty fired up just for Wisconsin, Northern Illinois coming to the city. So it's... Uh, they're playing a night game at Soldier Field, so hopefully my schedule works out that day that I can actually go to, to Soldier Field and check out a, a Big Ten team play there. You said Wisconsin at Illinois or Northern Illinois? Northern Illinois. Is that the opener? I, I don't know if it's the opener. I'm going to find out what the, what the I'm going to okay. find out what the day is. Basically, Wisconsin has realized that they're going to start using Soldier Field as an alternate home home field. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know what it is. You go Wisconsin plays Northwestern. Well, in any sport, there's 8 million people from Wisconsin in Illinois. Yes. Like, there, there's red everywhere. So yep. they're going to make it a continual thing to use Soldier Field as, as like a, a second home stadium for them. Yeah, it's kind of an insult to uh, Northwestern, quite frankly. You go to the basketball games, Wisconsin at Northwestern. The good news is Walsh Ryan Arena, for one of the few times, is sold out. It's rocking, it's rolling. But you look around, the negative news is it's two-third red jerseys and one-third purple. It's kind of embarrassing as a Northwestern fan. Yeah, it is a little bit, but you know, let's let's face it. Northwestern's here about the education; they're not about the athletics. So. Yeah, but we are we are Chicago's Big Ten team, big dog. <laughs> really? Yeah. By the I, way, I speaking of that, little now they're friends, so it'll be interesting how it plays out. But uh, University of Illinois, your beloved institution, named their new athletic director Mike Thomas, coming over from Cincinnati. Uh, previous to that, Akron, fifty-one years old, appears to be very, very good. The number one thing he mentioned. Remember, Northwestern's marketing campaign, and and Jim Phillips is sold on it here, Chicago's Big Ten team. The number one thing Mike Thomas mentioned is we need to make Illinois Fighting Illini have a much bigger impact, much bigger play on the city of Chicago. So that could be fun to watch how that develops, the two of them. I would like that. That sounds like a really good idea. You know, I've always laughed when when I hear Northwestern Chicago's Big Ten team because if you walk around the city, you will see more Michigan, Michigan State, Indiana, Iowa, uh, Ohio State bars than you will yep. Michigan, other than Illinois or North. Well, Western. I agree with you, but but the reasoning behind the marketing campaign is to attempt to change that. Oh yeah, I'm not saying they shouldn't attempt it. I'm not saying oh yeah. the fight is over with. Right. I, I'm just just throwing it out there. It's uh, it's going to be difficult. That's the great thing though about the city of Chicago is if you're from Michigan. And you're a college graduate and you want to go make some money, you go to, you go to Chicago. If you're in Indiana, you go to Chicago. If you're in Ohio, you go to Chicago. If you're in Iowa, you go to Chicago. So it's, I have no problem. When I see like an Iowa bar, like, oh, this is an Iowa bar. No, I laugh because I'm like, oh, there's a bunch of people that used to live in Iowa and they all congregate here in Chicago and there's, there's where they go to drink. I laugh about it, coach. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm proud. It's, I know I'm a diehard Illinois fan. I see all these other bars from different universities all over the Midwest. 
And, and I just giggle about it because I'm like, it's funny. They come to our city to congregate here. So, yep. I don't know. Well, if the jobs are there, that's where we will congregate. Yeah, it's been that way since the 1850s. People have been coming all over the Midwest to <laughs> Chicago to find work. So, it's not going to stop anytime soon. And, it's, and then when these these kids, these 25-year-old kids get their job and, and they spend Saturday, you know, at, at Jack Sullivan's watching Ohio State games all day. I just want to let you know that, you know, on Wednesday afternoon at 120 when they're wearing a Cub hat, they're really not a Cub fan when they're totally wasted and puking out on Ashfield, <laughs> uh, Addison, and Shepto right in front of the Ron Santos statue. That's not a Cub fan. That's a drunken 25-year-old, okay? Thank, thank you very much for that apt description. All right, hey, real quick, we got an email from uh, the ghost of Todd Sauerbrunn. The ghost oh, wants no. the ghost wants to know. Please ask the big dog. Uh, I mentioned some of the players we're going to be looking at for the first time. Brad Maynard, of course, not the punter for the Chicago Bears. So the ghost wants to know, big dog. A, do you know who the new punter is? And B, what should we watch for here? Because, uh, as you know, Brad Maynard unfortunately was a big part of our offense the past five years. Yeah, which is sad, and he had a horrible last year and a half. Okay, Brad Maynard now. It was you who let me know that they yep. uh, they signed the punter from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ah. If I do believe, yep. uh, I forget his name. His name he sounds like a linebacker, but uh, I have no idea about this guy. All I know is this: is that Jacksonville may have punted more than than the Bears did last year. <laughs> so hopefully, he's got a little leg left. Okay. <laughs> Good news and the bad news is that he had plenty of practice last year. The bad news is the leg could be a little tired, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, little... people. Yeah, people, Bears fans were ripping on Brad Maynard, me included. Then I realized, man, the guy doesn't have any legs left. I mean, well, on second down, you hear the you hear the special team guy. <laughs> <laughs> on second down, huh? <laughs> oh, not you. I played linebacker at McMurray, and our my freshman year, as I was playing linebacker, our offense was atrocious. And you know, we would only get like like twelve hundred, fifteen hundred people at our games when I was a yeah. freshman. Because we were just turning the program around, and I'm not kidding you, the guy who ran the, like our our coach Mike Hensley like was crazy. Like if there's ever ten guys out there on the punt team, I'm going to fire you to one of our assistant coaches. And I, he was so freaked out about our offense was so bad. I'm not kidding. You. First down, you know we get stuff for one yard loss. The whole stadium just hears our coach. Oh, that's so brilliant. Right, all, all 11 guys are standing right next to the coach, but he has to scream to the whole thing. Do... Everybody in the field realizes that we know we're not going to get two plays. We're going to get the 11 yards. It's basically an impossibility. Uh, that's classic. Uh, how discouraging for the defense. You come off the field at their hard-fought hold on a series. You get a quick drink of water. You watch your offense go uh, two yards in a cloud of dust, second and eight, and the next thing you hear is, punt team! You, you know, Coach, I actually... <laughs> like I, I played at, at Donner's North, where like we had a coach that would kill us if we did anything that was deemed undisciplined or not classy. I'm not kidding you. We'd, we'd run you. He would he would put you in the middle of the field. We'd suck your thumb, and the rest of the team would run around you for four hours. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a disciplinary. So when I got to Mac Murray, I was the total opposite. Our coach was like Jerry Glanville, didn't care about anything. So I kind of like took advantage for the first couple weeks of having no discipline as a football player and kind of like playing renegade football. You know, getting penalties or hit people late, like that type of stuff. Yep. And uh, I, I remember I read something that Dick Buckus had said once to an offense as he ran off the field, so I used it. One game, we're absolutely destroying a team. It was like 6 nothing, and we're not giving up anything at all on on defense. And I'm, I'm worried about how bad our offense is. So I said I did a Dick Buckus. Right when 
you know, the offense is coming back on the field. I just looked at a quarterback, and I said this so everybody can hear it. I said, hold them, okay? Just hold them. And walk out, because I didn't want them to give up any points, because our offense was so bad that yeah. they'd throw interceptions and return them. And Dick <laughs> Buckus would yell that to the offense as they were coming on the field when he was a Chicago Bear. Just uh. hold them. <laughs> oh, part humorous and part uh, very discouraging for the offensive unit. But, yeah, Doug, I think Doug Buffon used to say the same thing. Oh, okay. So uh, he he was part of the Butkus defense as well. Uh huh. Oh boy, it's sad but true. Bears, I, hey, I, I don't know. You were too young. I sat through those Chicago Bear years, Big Doug. It was uh, it was sad, but it was very true. That when, the John Shoup was taking notes on the Bears' offense uh, back then. That's what made him the great offensive coordinator that he was, Coach. <laughs> One day I'm going to run this offense. <laughs> I still remember the epitome. The epitome of the frustration of those, and it wasn't just one or two, it was many, many years of really bad Chicago Bear football, even though they had great defensive players like Butkus and Buffon, was the famous snapped when Bobby Douglas was the quarterback and Douglas, I don't know if he was in the shotgun or he thought it was going to be a different count, and the ball gets snapped and it goes straight up in the air, about 30 feet up in the air. You remember that? Yeah, Coach, I hate to tell you, but those football folly films, basically, Yep. The ones that were created in the 70s is basically all New Orleans State, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Chicago Bears follies. It's, 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 it's embarrassing. <laughs> but Bobby Douglas, for a quarterback, he could tackle well. I will say that. He could tackle well. Hey, real quick, we got to move on. A uh, few minutes left in the program. Got to bring up what's going on in beautiful Johns Creek, Georgia where the 93rd Annual PGA Golf Championship is being played, Big Dog. Day two today, the final major of the year. Time flies when you're having a mediocre time. But uh, Tiger Woods with an absolute blow-up on the back nine, 77. And how about your guy from the University of Illinois, Steve Stricker, 7 under 63. I know it's early, but an impressive performance by Steve Stricker. Uh, Keeping my fingers crossed, not only because it's a University of Illinois guy that I've always pulled for, just just because of the, the allegiance to the... The orange and blue. Coach, what a classy guy. Well, just forget about the fact that he's from the University of Illinois, a local guy, you know, always does a lot for the charities here in the state of Illinois. What a classy, classy guy. I mean, and, and, and I hope he wins his first one, is all I'm saying. And the guy's in his 40s. I don't know how many more chances he's going to have, legitimate mm-hmm. chances he's going to have to, to win a major, but hopefully this is the one for him. Because yeah. uh, as you just hear this guy's story, you hear him speak, you hear him compete. You hear how hard he works. These are one of these stories that I, I can care less that Tiger Woods is plus whatever he is. Give me more Steve Stricker, okay? That's uh, on the coverage. Well, we're going to so. have a half hour. They're going to interrupt uh, the sports center and have a half hour uh, media session and just hear Tiger Woods say, "Yeah, I was going for it. Yeah, you got a problem? I get to go for it because I'm a great player." You know, we don't, we don't, we don't care about you going for it anymore, Tiger. Mm-hmm. Just shut up and give Steve Stricker some yeah. time on the television. Well said, my friend. Well said. Steve Stricker, even though he hadn't won a major, he has been really good, sort of in the Lucas Glover, uh, uh, Luke Donald mode, but he's been really good for a long, long time. He hasn't won the big one, but again, we talk about consistent levels of success. Steve Stricker, he's one of those guys, probably the top five or ten as far as consistent good golf the last, what, five years? Oh, easily, Coach. He's, yeah. he's been, he's, he's been a top ten player. The older he gets, the better he's getting. Normally, you know, in the forties, then you start seeing the downslope of your career. Mm-hmm. He's been getting better the last couple of years, so it's cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right, so, uh, so you're not overly upset with Tiger shooting the 77. He probably won't make the cut. It looks like this is going to be another lost year for Tiger Woods. Um, 
too much pub for Tiger. I agree with you on that, but uh, would you agree? Probably just got to start over again next year. Yeah, he can definitely get it back, Coach. Uh, you know, I, I'm not ripping his game or anything like that. I'm not ripping Tiger Woods as a person. Right. I just crack up about how much the media just overblows the guy. I mean, look, leave the guy alone. He's he's average mm-hmm. right now. Why do we have to get every single detail of this guy's freaking life? You know, so, you know, yeah, yesterday, they're, they're, uh, we're right about to break down how the Toronto Blue Jays have been stealing signs and transferring the players. you gotta, you got to stay tuned and watch this. So I sit down, I'm like, I can't wait to see this. They're going to talk about how the Blue Jays are stealing signs? You know, this is an actual interesting story that they're going to have on SportsCenter. Oh, 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 we're going to break in to have a Tiger Woods press conference. 35 minutes later, they never, they, Tiger Woods is done talking, and they never brought up the, how the Blue Jays are stealing signs. Uh, like, seriously? What if this is the only hour of the day I got to watch SportsCenter? I had to watch a 35-minute. He didn't say anything besides be condescending to the reporters. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really? This is... This is the biggest news in sports right now that we have to listen to some guy who's going to be all surly to reporters and not say anything for 35 minutes. A very first-stanced Joe Rodwanski here. I didn't mean to end the program on a negative big dog. Uh, you make sure you're watching. I think two must-watch for the weekend. One is the back nine of a major. That'll be Sunday. Hopefully it'll be close. Hopefully it'll be tight. Always good entertainment. And don't forget tomorrow at 5 o'clock, the Arlington Millions, some of the best of the best in horse racing will be gathered right here in the city of Chicago. Five o'clock, Channel 9, Big Dog. Give yourself a couple of minutes to watch. Now, the Arlington Million, wasn't it, wasn't it always in September? Did they just move it up to August this year? Or? It's possible. Okay, just wondering. I always remember that in, in September. I, I, I do not have the tremendous history of the Arlington Million, but all I know is they're running, at least I think they are, this Saturday. Got about two minutes on baseball, Big Dog. We open up the show talking about the Cubs win again. Nine of their last 11, and the White Sox also on the road. Finish a road trip six and one. They're only about what three, four games back now, and uh, unfortunately, the Casey Royals come visiting because Kansas City has caused the White Sox lots of problems. Yeah, and Kansas City has been a real streaky team this year. They, they've started, they've been winning a few games lately. Now, uh, Joachim Soria has been blowing saves for them, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. But they, they've got a pitcher, you know, uh, this Luke Hatchabier, Hawk of War. You know what I'm talking about, this guy? No. Nope. He's one of their number one picks, number one overall guy. Mm-hmm. Hasn't done anything. And all of a sudden, the last, the last like eight starts, he has been unhittable. He's been the best pitcher in baseball the last month and a half, believe it or not, coach. Is he uh, pitching? Is he scheduled to go against the Sox? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's going Saturday. He's going okay. tomorrow. So right. you see a guy that, made, you know, you look at his stats, you're like, oh, his ERA is only three. But over the last month, it's less than one. And he's been giving them seven innings, one run. Seven innings, one run every single night out, so we'll see what happens. Well, he may be the hottest starter right now. The hottest closer in baseball is the White Sox' very own Sergio Marquis Santos. Yeah, I got another one yesterday. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. On the season. I mean, Perfect. Coach, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't joking. He's got the best. Obviously, like Clayton Kershaw pitches you know, seven innings and he's a starter. He's got the best slider for a starter. But just overall, who has the best slider in the game? Our guy Sergio Santos, coach. Falls off the table. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you another guy who's been pitching pretty good out of the bullpen who struggled for a good part of the year and some idiotic host on this show, I think it was me, actually thought his career was over. Kerry Wood, have you noticed? Last eight batters over three different games. Three different appearances. Last eight batters, he struck out all eight, Big Doug. Do you know what the record is for consecutive batters struck out? I do not. It's ten. Wow. So it's Tom Seaver struck out the last ten Padres in a game where he struck out 18. 
So can you imagine you're in the seventh inning and somebody somebody says to you, hey, you got eight strikeouts. Yeah, I'm having a pretty good game. You're going to end up with 18. Mm. Get out of here. I'm in the seventh. Well, guess what? You so, check out the last ten batters of the, of the game, and actually, you know, you have 18 strikeouts. So the record's 10. Will the ESPN cameras be on? Will they cut away to Kerry Woods next to pitching? I guarantee you if he strikes out the ninth, they're okay. going to. Interesting. I know MLB Network will. Yep. MLB Network will not miss that whatsoever. Beautiful. Big Dog, uh, about 20 seconds left. We always end the weekend show with uh, where will the Big Dog be this weekend and um, keep it clean. We are America's number one family show, but if females out there want to stalk you this weekend, you got anything special planned? Well, I'm on, I'm in the Hilton on, on Michigan Avenue. Tonight I'm actually... What are you, appearing live? or? Yes, I am. As a matter of fact, tonight I'm uh, I'm actually paddling for a uh, a bachelorette party. I was specifically requested. <laughs> I'm not kidding, Coach. Woo! So, wow. I've, I've got special stuff for everybody. And then all day tomorrow, four different tours. The best way for me to say is we're getting ridiculously re- great reviews on Yelp. And here's basically how the review goes. Customer service, horrible. Tour, hilarious. That's basically <laughs> how our, uh, how our uh, Yelp right. goes. I can hardly wait for Monday's show. If that's not a tease, I never heard one. Big Dog leading a bachelorette party. We'll get the details. Have a great weekend, Big Dog, but uh, not that great if I know what I mean. If you know uh, what I mean. Yeah, I'll be good. <laughs> all right. David Olson, phenomenal job all week long. Thank you, everybody out there, for listening. We much, much appreciate every bit of listenership to our semi-dysfunctional sports show. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday at 10 o'clock, TalkZone.com. Two guys, one mic, and a sign-off.